Shall we turn our Bibles to uh, uh, James uh, 5? Perhaps let's begin from 13 uh, as we go along, just to give context. So, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Remember there's a time I taught on that piece of scripture? And the question was, what happens when the elders are sick? That was the question. And 15, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. 16, confess your trespasses to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Deep scripture there. Okay, I would like you to underline uh, the second part of that uh, verse, 16. That's going to be our subject today. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I like King James, King James. So the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it will not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Okay, I think we should stop there. So, uh, Apostle Joshua, when, when Pastor was introducing the, the topic that you're going to teach us this week, uh, my heart sank for you, because I'm going to teach on prayer today. <laughs> I think we're in the spirit, right? So I'll begin the introduction, and then, and then my brother can, can pick up as we go along. I had a different topic to teach, and when I was going to prepare this lesson yesterday evening around 10, I got this one. I don't know. So uh, I think we're in the spirit, my, my brother. And again, it's, I think, the same theme of, of, of prayer and fasting. And so, brethren, uh, this is going to be powerful uh, in the week. And so uh, the topic is praying effectively. Praying effectively. As you've seen, that scripture has said in, chapter, in, in verse 16 that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Powerful stuff. NIV says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Good news says, the prayer of a good man is powerful and effective. All of them are right. Brethren, I, I, I have made non-effective prayers in my life. And I have had non-effective prayers in my life. In Tanzania we say, ukiona nyani mzee, jua amekwepa mishali nyingi. In Kenya we say, ukiona, ukiona mzee jua amekula chumvi nyingi. So at my age, I have had good and I have had not so good prayers. I recall I, I, went, I went for a burial recently in western Kenya. My lawyer people would show me stuff. And the bishop of, or the priest when you were burying the old man started praying to the saints. So a guy called Saint Joseph or Saint something. We prayed to Saint Joseph to hear our prayer and deliver them to Mary. I thought, I've never heard of this. 
So there's another guy, a mediator between me and the Lord calls him Joseph. And then he said, Lord, we are praying for the dead man. This Muse was a good man that you forgive his sin. I thought, that is weird. <laughs> Brother February is understanding what I'm talking about. That is not an effective prayer. Right? Actually, it's not a prayer. And now, this one is a bishop. You can imagine if the bishop can pray like that. What about the... So at what point do we pray for the dead people to be forgiven their sin in the first place? And the Bible says, once you are dead, okay. And we have got no business. Mary is just like us. Mary cannot pray for us. Okay. Are you seeing where we are going? And, and these prayers are in the church. Men, I made ineffective prayers in my life. And when you are young in faith, the prayers work a bit. At a certain point, the Lord says, now you need to start wearing diapers. He says, the days of the old people, of our forefathers, the Lord overlooked our sins, right? But he commands now that every man shall repent. So you can make prayers that are not effective. So do you want to look at praying effectively? Now, uh, since the first service, there's an only for the first service, I'll quickly just give you a quick background. The word effective, I checked it up uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the dictionary and the Bible. First of all, that word is pronounced as enageo in Greek, which basically means it's effectual, it's fervent, it's efficient. Okay? And the English language says, the dictionary, the degree to which, the degree to which something is successful in producing a desired result or change. So an effective thing is the degree to which something is successful in producing a desired result or change. So effective prayer is a prayer that produces the, res the required result. That if you ask God for a Toyota Vitz, blue color, he should give you a Toyota Vitz blue color. That's specific, right? But why is praying effectively important? There's a time the disciple of Christ came to him and told him, Master, we ask that you teach us how to pray. I'll come to that later. But then, why did they ask the Lord to teach them how to pray? And remember, the Jews pray, is it five times a day? Three or five times a day? Three, right? So, this being Jews, the disciples, must have been praying. Alright? Are we together? But then they came and told the Lord, teach us how to pray. So, how were they praying originally? And what is it that they saw that they came and said, no, we need further training. We need to go for master's course. It's because they had seen the power that was in Christ. They had seen the effectiveness of the prayer life of Jesus Christ. Amen? So they said, we want to be like this man. Teach us how to pray. Alright, in the interest of time, let's go to, I want to give you some tips. Just three tips or two, uh, depending on time. So how do you pray effectively? Number one, 
pray like a son. Pray like a king. I want to show you something that is so transformative. My brother, if you can project for us Psalms 143 verse 2. Okay, if it's taking time, I can paraphrase it. Okay, yes. It says, do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight, no one living is righteous. I want to give you the background. Now, David, if you read that, the whole of that, that chapter, David is praying that, that, uh, that psalm, or that prayer, hiding. He's running away from, from Saul. And David says, Father, no one in your sight, no one living, is righteous. Alright? Are you seeing that? David, by the time he was, when he was running away from Saul, he was about, he must have been in his, his 20s because he became the king when he was 30. So we assume he was about 27 or 23 thereabout. So he's saying, Father, no one in your sight is righteous. Let's go again. If you can project Psalms 18:20, see what happens. Okay. Say so the Lord reward me. Has, uh, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. Wow! That that caught my attention. Now, if you read, if your Bible, side Bible, there is a, an introduction to that. It's saying, this is the psalm of David, when blah, blah, blah. Okay. Now, this psalm he's singing when he's already a king. Are we together? A few years down the line, he said, there's no one who was righteous. But the guy has become the king, and he has realized, he says, Father, you have rewarded me according to my righteousness. Are you, are you following? It is so deep that this man, after a few years, he realized that actually he was a righteous man. And many preachers struggle with that thing. Actually, even my Bible struggles with it. The notes down there. They say, you know, don't misconstrue David that he was boastful. No. The man had just become an adult. He realized that I am a son. That I am a son in this home. And I don't need to beg. I am righteous. Are we together? Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Kimani's children are called the Kimani's, right? When they come home, they are the Kimani's. We are the Kimani's here. When they talk, everyone in the house visits us like us. We listen. You pay attention. So David realized that, man, I was ineffective many years, several years ago. But now I have realized that I am a king. That I'm righteous. Brethren, if that, thing, if that thing drops in your spirit, your prayers become effective. When you learn that you are a righteous man, what does righteousness mean? It basically means that you are in right standing with the Lord. It means that you, are, you have got the God's nature in you. It means that you are a good person. And it means that you are holy. Brethren, we are righteous by the blood of the Lamb. And it should not just be theoretical. It should dwell in your spirit. That when you walk, you know that you are a kimani. That you know that you are a righteous person. And when that one is in your spirit, 
your prayers become effective. And many times the Lord comes to remind us. Because that thing, many people, we have been brought up in religion, we struggle with it. God comes and asks um, uh, his children and says, you do not know, you do not understand. The foundations are destroyed. Then he says, why? He says, have I not called you gods? Children of the Most High. Psalms 82. God is, if you read that, God is flabbergasted. God is not, he's asking them, guys. And then he goes ahead and to say, no wonder men of you will die like men. Because you do not understand that you are kings. That you are sons. And because you are sons, there are things that should not be affecting you. Don't die like men. You are kings. Solomon comes and says, I have seen something grievous under the sky. I have seen kings walking and servants on horseback. I have seen servants exalted, sitting in exalted places and princes sitting in lowly places. He says, it is something that should not be happening. Are we together? So, we need for our prayers to be effective, we need to appreciate it should cook in our spirit and we should dream it, we should sweat it that we are righteous people. And then when you start to pray, your prayers are hard. Brethren, the day your child comes to beg, Brother Lisa is here, the day your daughters come to us to beg for yogurt from the fridge, something is wrong. Daddy, just just some, some food for us. Something is wrong. So there are things that righteous people and children do that others don't do. And also, there's a language that kings use that other people don't use. And kings decree. Kings say things. But I, went, I, went, I went to preach somewhere uh, sometime last year in a church here at Dagoreti. And, and, and the pastor invited one of the elders in church to come and, and pray for, for offering. He was an old man. Uh, you could tell he was not very well endowed with the things of this world. But when that man finished the prayer, my eyes were wet. The old man prayed an effective prayer. Brother, I can tell you, you can know an effective prayer. If you can tell a man of that someone has got... The Bible says that you can, tell, you can know that someone has got the Lord, right? Saul knew that the Lord was with, 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 uh, with David. You can tell that this man has got the Lord. This lady has got the Lord. You can also tell this prayer is not effective. Right? So this man just decreed stuff. Brethren, when you are a king, you decree stuff and they happen. You wake up and decree peace for your family. Say, Father, I decree peace in this home. There shall be no sickness in this house. Uh, recently, we had, a pro- we had a, our little girl who was sick for a while. And... Um, just to give you an illustration on this. And, and, and we tried several doctors. So my mom went, you know, she, she knows, she, I don't know how, how the ladies know, they know the top surgeon, the top doctors, pediatrician. So we went to several of them. And finally there's one who came who told us, uh, the child will, will, will breathe in a very funny way at night that we could even sleep. You know, wheezing sound. It went for about one week. One and a half weeks. And so we went to the, one of the top surgeons and told us, look here guys, I have done the x-rays, this child needs some surgery. 
then we went home. And that night, brethren, whether it was a trance or a dream, the Lord just came and told me, you need to take charge of this situation. It's gone on for a long time. So I just wait for my wife to go to the bathroom and I, the baby was sleeping and I grabbed her, tore out, and held the nose and told the sickness, I know you have got ears. Now hear me. Leave my daughter now! And return her. And so, uh, that night, and the funny thing, brother, when you pray like that, that's when the devil comes. He comes to show you that, you know, he wants to challenge your faith. Man, that night we didn't sleep, having rebuked that. Okay. And the next day, so I'm, trying to, I'm trying to postpone because, you know, God has so many, and I've taken charge, right? And so the next, the next night, uh, we slept. I actually forgot about it. In the morning, my wife wakes me up to ask me, say, hey, do you know what? The child did not wheeze at all this night. And the next morning, as God had, we had been given some gadgets, you know, uh, the things to, how do you call them? The inhalers. Okay? I don't know whether it was an angel or someone just came and took one piece of that inhaler. And so when you woke up in the morning, my wife was looking for the inhaler. I remember she slept very well, but my wife is still not convinced. She wants to get an inhaler. So the inhaler is missing a piece. It's like, we can't find them. Like, where is it? I tell her, baby, look here. The baby is fine. Because the Lord had given me, I had spoken like a righteous man. Amen? And so, that's what righteous people, you pray like a righteous man. Our, our kings here, uh, our kings here, our presidents, they don't bake stuff. Brother, don't bake stuff. Don't bake things from your father. And that's why Christ said, pray this way. Our father. Why did he begin like that? Our father. Say, have a different mentality. He is your father. So our kings, they don't bake things. I remember there's a man, if you remember, for those who are my age, there was... Um, uh, a Nakumat on Tikarot, called Nakumat Tikarot, when they were expanding Tika uh, from Tika Highway to Tika Super Highway. Remember that? There's a, that that Tikarot thing, that Tika Nakumat owner, sued the government for many years, if you remember. And the road was delaying. I'm telling you, if the kings want your property, they'll just get it. If they want this property here where we are, they'll just get it. There's another one also on, on Langata Road, just near Galeria. He sued the government for many years. Okay, the government can be just be, if, because we are good people, we are democratic. In another country, my friend, you wake up in the morning with a bulldoze on your head. And so, the kings here wanted that piece of land for the road. And this man kept suing, suing, suing them. For those who know the story, the government is very strategic. The final case was done on Friday afternoon. And the court said, actually, that bill should be brought down and the man be compensated, right? This man was planning to go and appeal on Monday. On Saturday, when people were shopping, the bulldozers were on there. Remember the green thing? Customers were running out of the supermarket, literally, on, on Saturday. My point is this. That as a king, as a righteous man, you know your position. The devil can try to delay it, but my friend, you'll come with a bulldozer. It will come down. Amen? So as we pray this week, remember, we are righteous people. Christ has made us righteous. Amen? 
All right. Let's go to the next one. An effective prayer. You pray like Elijah. Or you pray like Jesus. If you read that portion of what you just read, I think that should be uh, uh, chapter 17 and 18, the Bible says, And Elijah, a man with a passion like us, prayed that he should not rain, and it not rain. Remember? The despite, yes. <laughs> Last time I preached here about God of Elijah, right? Something in the spirit. How did Elijah pray? That man really challenges my mind. He, one day he just went to the palace and told the king, look here, it won't rain until I say so. You, you, don't, you don't just say that to the king if you're not so sure. And the Bible says, he prayed. But earlier on, we were not shown where he prayed. So we're being told in James that he actually prayed. Now let me tell you how this man prayed and why he had results. And these are the results that we can also get. How did this man know that his words will cause changes? That his words will be powerful? This man had read scripture. It said that if you, are, if you, if, if you have idolatry, if your candles got idolatry, I'll shut the heavens. If my people are idolaters, I'll shut the heavens. So this man came with scripture. He knew that God will listen to my prayer because sparked by scripture. And so he just came and said, it won't rain because scripture says Jesus also did the same things. He will say, I love what Jesus will say. He will say, Father, I'm praying this. I know that you hear me. But for the sake of these people, Christ had known the power of scripture that he knew, I just pray for you for the sake of these people for their faith. But I know you have already heard me. In simple, my brother, pray like Elijah and Jesus. Another thing about Elijah and Jesus is that their prayer was focused. Pastor said here, when you come here, come with specific focus. Christ said that don't be like, don't be like um, uh, Pharisees, for they think that with many words they shall be heard. Come with focus. Very important. Brethren, many of us in the church will waste time in prayer. And our prayers become ineffective. And I'll just give you examples of where we waste time. Many of us waste time. I've told you I made very ineffective prayers. We waste many time, a lot of time with the devil. Hello? <laughs> when we were young believers, we will fast. Many times we will do three days. Young church, guys in church uh, were teenagers. And you know what we will do? We will take the first day, full day, to bind the devil. We will say, this is our timetable. The first day is to destroy the powers of darkness. And men who wish to do a good job and will feel so spiritual I bring you down, devil. I destroy your ways. I drain you. Spirit of, spirit, spirit of, spirit of poverty. You know, all the spirits. You repent all, you know, at all about generational curses. I break generational curses. Brethren, and we'll do it physically. You know, I come from the other side. Okay. You do it real. Shame, shame, shame. 
we will do the whole thing. The whole day. Apostle Joshua has done these things. He has prayed these things. But prayer, brethren, that is ineffective prayer. You are not praying like Jesus. There is a time to bind the devil. And you don't need many words. Just get behind me, Satan. The Bible says this. When I learned this thing, my friend, I became, I became liberated. The Bible says this. says that submit yourself unto the Lord. Resist the devil. And he shall flee from you. I don't know if some of you grew up with big brothers in, high, in primary school. You know, in Nairobi, there's not this thing. In primary, where I came from, my friend, there's something called bullying. It's real life. And what undo if you didn't have a big brother? You know, some of us are, are big-bodied, okay? And so, we had some guys who would come and molest us. Big boys. But one day, I would just wait when my brother is in the vicinity. And I'll give you a blow. Knowing that my brother is watching, right? And I run there. There you follow me. You can't even follow me. You will just be holding your head in pain. Looking around. Because you can't follow. The big brother is there. That's what that scripture means, my brother. Very simple like that. That when you're in Christ, you give the blood to the devil and you walk around. Because you're in Christ. You don't need all those gymnastics for a whole day. Binding the devil. For what? You are under Christ. Just come and take the baby and say, leave my baby in Jesus' name. And you walk around. Go take coffee. If you're not fasting. Okay. But you also challenge me, my brother, Mlongo, you are not, you know scripture, reference scripture. Okay. You're telling me, but the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh, against powers. Okay, remember that. You also tell me, the Bible says that you should take captive. That um, I think in Ephesians, where it talks about um, spiritual warfare, right? Uh, can't remember. I can't quote it very well. But you know what I'm talking about. I think that's in Ephesians 4. Yes, we quote it a lot. Okay, you tell me, my brother, what about Ephesians 4:8? But you know what, my brother, that scripture is talking, when you talk, if you talk, it ends with the wiles of the devil. You put on a full arm of God that may be able to receive the wiles of the devil. Not even the, devil, the wiles of the devil. He's talking about taking captive of your mind. You take captive of your mind. You say, my mind is pure. Okay? The reason why you have got no business wasting time with the devil is because the devil has been defeated many years ago. That is done deal. Brethren, I was passing in Kidurai. One day, just to finish that one. And a man, a madman, with barbed wire, huge barbed wires. When he just knew that I could not, I could not swerve, neither could I break, the man took the barbed wires and threw it in front of my car. A brand new car, my, my pastor. And, and the way God protected me, you know, I drove with those wires. I could hear them scratching my... You know, they were holding my, the under of my car, you know. For almost... I, I couldn't stop because it's a highway. You stop, you are knocked at the back, right? So I kept going with those wires. I'm just feeling the pain of my car. Okay. I just shook my head. Okay. 
Miraculously, I didn't get any puncture. But the point is this. I never stopped to go back and argue with that guy. I never stopped to go and ask him, Why? Because we're not in the same league, right? So why do we take time to argue with the devil? I'm sure you're following, right? Why do we take time, waste time, and argue with the devil? So we pray like Jesus, like Elijah, right? Straight to the point. All right, finally. Final point. Pray like Yabes. Pray like Yabes or Jabes. That's First Chronicles 4, 9, 10. It's an interlude in the Bible that's mind-boggling. I don't know whether you can project that. Just quickly in a minute, I emphasize my point. Uh, uh, Jabez, uh, that is First uh, Chronicles 4, 9. Okay, now Yabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called him his name Yabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Okay. And Yabez called on the name of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me and that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Pray like Yabez. How did Yabez pray? Apart from being direct, there's something he said that is so deep. Why did God listen to his prayer? It's in the last paragraph. He says, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. God listens to our prayers. Our prayers are effective when we are intercessors. When we, when, when, when we think about the people of God. When we consider other people. Are we together? This man, his prayer was answered in the context that he didn't want to cause pain. He was more concerned about the other people that his needs came in context, were answered in context. I know that you are following that. David is a man who understands this. David says, the Bible says, and David came and dwelt in the stronghold and named it the seat of David. And he built the miller from there to inwards. And the Lord was with him. And David realized that the Lord had exalted him for the sake of his people. Second Samuel 5. David realized that I am a king for the sake of these people. My blessings is because of these people. Brother, when you learn to be an intercessor for other people, when you wake up in the morning and pray for other people, when God leads you to fast and pray for other people, brethren, your needs are answered in context. When you pray for a sick person, sickness in your house are dealt with. When you pray for someone who's going through a marriage problem, your marriage is restored. It's in context. Hallelujah. Shall we stand? I want us to just take one minute and respond to this. I know there's anointing uh, for prayer this day. There's anointing for, for, uh, for, for issues this day. Let's just open our mouth and just, if you've got something in your mind, something that you want to pray to God to, 
this is the time for you just to plug in that anointing. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you hear our prayers. And this day, Lord, you have heard us. As we open our mouth, my Father, you have heard us. And we decree that, Lord, is well with us. This year is well with us. It's well with our nation. There is peace in our nation. There is joy in our nation. We are prosperous as a people. We are prosperous as a church. We cannot be defeated, O oh God. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, that you do good things. Father, we know that you have heard us. That even as we humble ourselves in prayer this week as a church, that you will hear us. Because you have already heard us. Father, we thank you that we are righteous. That we are holy. That you have washed us of every sin. And that the enemy cannot overcome us. We thank you for our families and our children. We thank you that it's well with us. Our souls are well. Our flocks are well. Praise be to your holy name. Shall we just clap for Jesus Christ? Take a minute. Clap for him. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? God bless you.